So we went through the four by four, which is the background of understanding how the law, the four laws about how these seeds work, how they're planted, and then the four flowers, which is how they ripen into our experience so that we can understand that better, and then the four steps, which is mm, that the way in which we can learn to consciously use this idea of intentionally planting seeds in a certain way and then getting them to ripen in a time frame that we can recognize that that result came from this deed, right? Which is pretty radical to say that one could do that. Um, then the fourth was the four powers, which is the four things that we can do to damage or completely damage, partially damage or completely damage the negative seeds that we realize we have already from all the behaviors we did before we knew this stuff, or even after we knew this stuff but we still couldn't change our habits, right? The negative seeds that we don't want to experience the result of, we need to have something to be able to do with those or else we are stuck, right? So, uh, so then we moved on the next class to talking about how to how to, the four steps. So now we're onto the four steps, and we're going through that the rest of this series of classes. So we talked about <clears throat> the first of the four steps, which is the um, the identification, the identification of the problem, and the identification of the result that you want, the solution to the problem that you want. So we talked about how to identify the actual problem and uh, different ways to think of it. And we did our brainstorming about, uh, you know, what is this thing, health, to see if we could clarify it a little bit. And then, and then we moved on to, um, no, that was last class, right? Class one, class two, we're on class three. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Almost launched into class four. Ah. Okay, so um, that's where we left it. We we have developed our I want statement, I hope. That's short, succinct, positive, uh, direct. So our next step is the step two of the four steps, which is to make a plan. To make a plan for what we're going to do to create the causes for that result that we want. Right? So... You know, ask yourself again, you know, why do we experience disease, dis-ease, right? Any kind of physical, mental, emotional discomfort that we call my health is bad. Why? You know, why, why when we get our chronic headaches and we go to the doctor Sometimes they say, oh, muscle tension headaches, you know. But, like, so what, right? Or they say, oh, migraines, you know, need this antidepressant or narcotic. Or they just don't listen to you at all and say, 
yeah, maybe you have a headaches, but I see something wrong with your knee. You know, that's more important. Or, you know, with your heart, that's more important. Um, you know, why, why, do, why do some treatments work sometimes for some people and don't work for everybody? Or why do the same treatments that work for some people not work all the time? I mean, we, like, accept this whole situation as, like, well, that's just the way it is. You know, if you, if you have, you know, better than, I don't know what the guideline is now in medicine, you know, if, it's, if a medication gives a certain result 90% of the time, then it's considered a really, really effective medicine. And if it gives it only 30% of the time, then it's considered a placebo medicine. And somewhere in between there, there are medicines that are still used and prescribed, and yet, you know, everybody says, no, they don't work all the time, but they work enough times that we should use them. But then, years go by, and all of a sudden, a medicine that I was trained was supposed to be used. Now they say, nah, that doesn't do anything. Don't use that anymore. I mean, we used to use Digitalis for congestive heart failure. You had congestive heart failure, you got put on Digitalis. It didn't matter what kind of heart failure you had. That's what you needed. And now with this evidence-based medicine, you know, and all the computer whizzos statistics, they say Digitalis doesn't do anything. Well, I don't know, you know. I thought it saved people's lives, or prolonged them anyway, didn't save them. But it's like our, our karma shift, right? We know the answer, mental seeds. So I'm not going to go there any further. Um, the, the point is, if we're not getting the result that we had hoped for, it's, it, what we need to do is to work on our mental seats in a different way. Right? First of all, we need to work on them, period, because we probably haven't been working on them up to this point when it comes to our health. And uh, once we learn how to work on them, we can be working on them even before we're sick so that we have what we need when we get sick to call upon them so that when we go for our treatment, whatever it is, we can increase the likelihood of seeing that medicine work. Right? So I can't say we can increase the likelihood of the medicine working because the medicine doesn't work. What works is our karma works. So our karma will make us see the medicine work, which is different than saying, oh, the medicine worked. My husband had an interesting experience with that recently. He was in the hospital acutely ill, and, uh, and his medicine worked. And he was saying to the nurses and doctors, well, you know the reason the medicine worked is because I've helped so many people. You know, and they just go, no, the medicine just worked. You know, Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. And he just said, okay, you know, he planted a seed but wasn't going to argue with them. But it's like interesting when our, when we understand this stuff, it seems so obvious. But if we've never heard it before, it's like a crazy thing to say. So when we have this I want statement, we're saying I want this certain result. Our next step is, so what seeds do I need to plant? So I know that I have the seeds for this result, and then we'll talk about how we get them to be watered and sprout faster. Okay, that's the next couple of classes. So I like the gardening analogy, where the way most of us live our life, like on automatic react to our world, would be like a gardener 
taking a bag of randomly gathered seeds um, and just like throwing them into her garden and then watering it and watching what comes up and then being disappointed that she didn't get tomatoes and carrots and daisies. Right? Maybe there were some in there, but she got all this other stuff too. And it's like, if she's standing there going, now why did I get all that other stuff? Why didn't I get tomatoes, carrots, and daisies? It would be like ridiculous because you didn't plant those things. And yet that's how we interact all day long, not recognizing that the, what we're experiencing in the moment isn't really the result of what we did in the moment before because it can't be partly because it takes time for the seed to be planted and come back but partly because or the proof is that we can do things that are kind and get ugly results or we can do things that are unkind and get kind results so it says that those two events are not related but that's what's so hard to wrap our mind around because it sure seems like you know when you put your key in the car and turn it and the car starts it sure seems like the car started because I turned the key and it takes some honest hard contemplation to prove to yourself that that is not cause and effect it's uh, uh, what's the word it's related but it's not cause and effect because it doesn't always work. Something else has to be going on that always works. Right? So we want to learn with our health how to be like the gardener who plans out our garden and knows these plants like full sun, these plants like shade, these grow tall, these grow flat, these like to be next to each other, these don't and then intentionally puts our seeds in and then waters them and then it's like, yay, I, I got the result that I was hoping for. Okay. So to do that, we need to know or, be, or think about what would be the seeds that we need for this thing we're calling health. That we had that beautiful list of last time. Of well being, fully functioning, content, uh, reactiveness free, uh, suffering free, fully available, limitation free, remember all those? Calm, uh, compulsion free, lack free, confident, vigorous, strong, bright. I love all these words. You know, they don't really say. Not no arthritis, do they? But arthritis doesn't have to limit us. Yeah. Um, so, what seeds do we need for these concepts? These words, what the, whatever these words mean to us, for them to be the result. So that's what we're going to try and figure out together, right? We, I suspect, we have like already a set of ideas of what kinds of things we should be doing that would create good health. And we're going to talk about those first, and then we're going to see if we can look deeper. Right? And you're probably way ahead of me on this one. So let me make sure I've covered everything I wanted to say. So in 
in figuring out what these seeds are going to be, we keep in mind that the way we make these seeds, the way we put them into our minds, into our hearts, is by what we see ourselves thinking, saying, and doing towards another. Now, most importantly, saying and doing. uh, Thinking is a really strong karma. But to intend to do something and then not follow through with it uh, gives us a ripening of someone intending to do something for us and not following through. You know, which isn't altogether a bad thing. But So don't discount thinking, but include speech and doing when we do this. So in order for us to plant those seeds in such a way that they'll have enough power for them to ripen in this time frame that we can see, we'll, we'll want to do those seed planting with some amount of regularity, um, with <coughs> uh, uh, like commitment and reliability and uh, to fulfill the, the agreement that we make with ourselves. Right? Uh, without all of those, our seeds just weaken. They're still great seeds. They'll still be in there. Um, but the, the better we can see ourselves doing what we say we're going to do, uh, the stronger those seeds will be. The better access you'll have to them, I'll go so far as to say. Okay. Mm. But we need to keep in mind then as we're making out our plan to not overload ourselves and say I'm going to do this deed X number of times a week when you know you've only got time to do it once. Right? Once is okay. You know, Twice a month maybe is going to be okay depending on what you choose to do. So We'll talk about it more too, but you know, don't overload yourself with with this deep doing, okay? Because to try it out and then get frustrated with it is it will set us back. You know, it will delay our ability to prove it to ourselves. Okay, so don't overdo it. All right. So uh, let's say our my I want statement is, you know, I want the energy and vitality to be able to do the things I want and need to do. Um, and say this is a chronic problem that I've been dealing with, and I've tried all kinds of different things to improve my vitality and energy, and some of them worked for a little while, most of them didn't work at all. And so my mind is, when somebody says to me, you know, go and help somebody else with their energy and vitality, my mind is going to say, how in the world can I do that if everything I tried didn't work for me? So what's wrong with that logic? It didn't work for me because I didn't have the seeds ripening for them to work. It doesn't mean somebody else doesn't have those seeds. And in fact, somebody must have those seeds or those things wouldn't be recommended for that problem. You know, it must work for somebody, in which case somebody has the seeds for them to work. It's not because that particular method works, it's because somebody had the seeds for it to work, do you see? So for us to say, oh, you know, taking those vitamins or, you know, doing regular exercise or 
no, none of that stuff works for me, so how can I recommend it to somebody else? Is this old way of thinking. So one of the first things we might do in making our plan would be to just think about what are all the different things I've tried from this health condition I want relief from, whether they worked or not. Just make a list of them. Because we're going to go looking for someone who has a similar distress as our own. And in order to plant our seeds, we want to try and help them feel better in the way that we're wanting to feel better. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Mm-hmm. So, so in our preparation for this, we make this list of all these different things we might have done. So, you know, it might have been vitamins, massage, Tai Chi classes, yoga classes, you know, regular exercise, sleeping more, sleeping less, you know, the list of the common things that you do to try and improve your energy, maybe herbals and so forth. And uh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, so if we think about it, all of those kinds of things were things that I tried to do for myself to help myself feel better. And you see what was missing? That the aspect of what if I had taken one or more of those same methods and used it to help someone else with low energy try to feel better, whether it worked for them or not, isn't as important as my trying to help them. And then, as I used that method myself, using all four of the steps which I haven't got to yet, that method should, if, if what I'm saying is true, work for me as well. So we could take any one of those methods that didn't work for us before and try to help somebody else with that and then use that method ourselves again after we've completed this planning period and doing period and see what happens. Right? That would be one way to test this out if you want to take the time to do that. Um, the, the taking care of our own selves as our primary mode of health care is, is where we're missing the, the secret, missing the clue. It doesn't mean we don't take care of ourselves, right? If we have arthritis and the doctor gives us an arthritis medicine, you don't give it to the dog, right? You do take it yourself. But in order to get it to work, in order to get us to see it working, we would also go find somebody else with arthritis and see how we can help them with their arthritis. You know, can we, you know, help the neighbor lady go swimming once a week? You know, we go with her. Can we help the neighbor's dog who's got arthritis and lays around all day take them for a walk? You know, there are all these little ways that we can change how our medicine, how we see our medicine work, right? So, hmm. 
So let's make a list of these like common conventional level good health activities that that we've all done that we know the general public tries for themselves. Um, and we'll just do it like the brainstorm like we did before. And then hopefully you'll come up with more than I've come up with. And then we're going to go a little bit deeper, okay? So if you'll play with me here. On my list is, for conventional good health practices, is, you know, get regular exercise. Eat healthy, right? You know, maintain our ideal body weight. Moderate our alcohol intake. Quit smoking or don't smoke. Safe sexual practices. Brush your teeth, floss your teeth, right? I mean, these are all sounding familiar, right? We know them all, we do them all. Safe sun exposure, regular relaxation, adequate sleep, and then things in exercise like Tai Chi yoga, right? So of these, there are ones that if you, like, stop somebody on the street and said, you know, what do you consider are common good health practices? They'll give you, the, like, that first batch and then if you have somebody who's into alternative medicine or interested in, a, I don't know what to call it, an alternative way, they're going to talk about some of these other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> probably only people who do live a spiritual life will say a spiritual life, you know, because it just wouldn't occur to you otherwise, mm-hmm. necessarily. Or, you know, somebody isn't going to on the street say, oh, liver cleanse, necessarily. Right? <laughs> but... <laughs> So so my point in making this list, and at our break I'm going to write it all down so I have it all for us, so I can share it with you, um, is just to help ourselves think about this plan we're going to make. Right? So we want to think about these different things that one could encourage someone else to do. All right? Part of us is thinking, oh, which of these do I already do? Which of these can I do better? But that's not the point here. Which of these are we going to recommend and help someone else do to help them feel better so that we can plant the seeds in our own mind to see something working for us, to see a little different way of thinking about this. So we want to have these different ideas in mind because we're going to call upon them when we find what I call our health help buddy Right, the person we're going to latch on to, that we're going to make an agreement with to help each other with our health. Right? Mm-hmm. So that, there, that person, you may very well feel that a strong spiritual life would be helpful, but that may not be where they're at at all. Right? So that's why I want to have like all of this in your, in your toolbox so that you can know which direction to go. All right, so... All of those that we did already are suggestions that came to our minds because we've either seen them work for ourselves or seen them work for someone or read about them working for someone. You know, we, are, we have the belief that these things have the potential to improve people's health, right? Like, that's how they got onto the board. We all sort of like agreed about that. And if any one of them works for us, it's because 
we've seen ourselves help someone else in that way before. If, when we recommend it or help someone else do any of these behaviors, and we see that help them, it will be because they have seen themselves help others in a similar way. Okay? So you have to keep that in mind with, with, so that we don't like, keep sliding back to our old way of thinking of what we're trying to do. Right? We're trying to work with seeds. And these are great seeds. But we, when we're talking about seeds for health improvement, for wellness, for what are all those wonderful words we had, for stress-free, suffering-free, you know, being joyful, being bright, being strong, being vigorous, there are more subtle seeds for those kinds of things. Right? And so I, I would like for us to see if we can get our minds to think about mental seeds in this different way because I don't want to just tell you. right? I, I want to see if I can coax it out of you to see if my plan works. right? So um, I'm calling these life enhancement seeds as opposed to good health seeds, which is different, right? Different. So life enhancement seeds, what I mean by that is uh, how, what, how do we see ourselves treating others? Do we see ourselves treating others in a way that's life enhancing or life harming? Or neutral. Neutral is possible. When we see ourselves interacting with others, it can be an interaction that's done with really strong intention. It can be done in it with an interaction that's really strongly mentally afflicted, which is a little different than strongly intended. It's just, you know, the emotion is so strong you can't help yourself. And then it can be done in a like automatic, habitual common way. The, the, if the same behavior is done in the same way, the mental seed that's planted is the same, but the strength with which it's planted is different. Right? So the more intentional we are in doing a deed, um, helpful or harmful, the stronger that seed will be. Right? So we're wanting to find to get ourselves onto an intentional way of interacting with people that will be intentionally life-enhancing, as opposed to automatically, habitually life-unenhancing, right? Life-destroying. Let's go so far right, as to say that. So, I mean, none of us are intentionally going out and killing beings, I don't think. But how frequently are we intentionally doing something to protect a life? Right? I hope often, right? Probably more often than you realize, but then it's here in the automatic side, right? Which is still a doggone good seed to automatically protect beings. But if we want a really strong seed that we can call upon when we need it, we want to get off automatic pilot and get onto intention, intentional. 
So, with that in mind, what kind of... I actually... So, just like for a few moments, think back through your day today. From when you got up in the morning until now. And think, first of all, how... Where did I intentionally enhance someone's life today? Enhance their happiness, enhance their carefreeness, enhance their contentment. You know, chop them up. There's one, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. How, you know, how many were just on automatic pilot? I hope there's a whole bunch of those. And then think, well, you know, where, go through the same period of time, and where is it that I uh, disenhanced someone's life? You know, I'm making up words here, please forgive me. But, you know, where is it that I did not enhance, did not enhance right? <laughs> where I actually maybe even harmed somebody. You know, did I do any of it intentionally? Did I do any of it automatically? Did I do any of it just carelessly? And so think of all the different ways that we interact with other people, people that we know, people that we don't know, people that are human, people that are not human, all day long. And in fact, those kind of seeds, life-protecting seeds, that... If you ever get sick, the, the whole thing about this is you think about all of those worms that you were going to kill, and you didn't. And in fact, you let them have what they wanted mm-hmm. and got this great result. And like, I am so happy I did that. I know I have these seeds for protecting life. Mm-hmm. I need those seeds right now. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Right? And over and over again, I'm really happy I did that. I'm really happy I saved those hornworms as ugly as they were and as much as I wanted to not do that. I'm really, really glad I did. Mm-hmm. And, and just wait for your result. That, I mean, that's exactly the stuff we're talking about. It's, so now's the time. I'll tell you my story. And uh, my, in retreat, end of retreat, December, my husband got acutely ill. My husband is a big, strapping, strong, can-do-anything kind of guy. And uh, suddenly he's short of breath. And he says, Susan, you know, I walk coming up the hill out of the wash, I had to stop and catch my breath. And he's carrying 50 pounds of tools. And it's like, okay, did you have chest pain? No, no, I just couldn't catch my breath. Okay, next day, Susan, I had to stop eight times going up the hill. There's something wrong here, right? So I listen to his chest, I listen to his heart. I can't really hear anything, but his blood pressure's up, his pulse is up. We had a plan, and, 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 and but the next day, he, his pulse is really up, and he's really short of breath. David, you got to go. You know, we were trying to prevent him having to leave retreat. you got to go. It happens to be our delivery day, so people were coming into the song. So he packs his bags, and he walks down the hill to be at the road where they come in at 11 o'clock. And um, we had decided together that I could do more from staying in retreat than going out with him. So he goes out, you know, looking very ashen and very short of breath. And um, I know enough to know of the different things that it could be that he had. He didn't know. Um, But I did. And they were serious. 
So he goes out, and I and I'm waiting for information. So I think to myself, well, all I really can do here is really ex- experience whatever I'm experiencing, right? And so I was trying to really, really hard be in the moment. What do I really know right now? So it, it was so clear, this thing we call the emptiness of an event was like staring me in the face. I couldn't get into it directly, but you know, it was a tangible thing. I didn't know whether he made it to the emergency room. Right? I didn't know at that moment whether he was alive or dead. I just didn't know. I realized I didn't know. I realized anything about my world, my life, except what I was immediately experiencing was an assumption. Right? And that it's always been that way. And and I, you know, I was just working with this, trying to get into the middle of it for a couple of hours. Then somebody comes up and they wrote me a note and said, it's not his heart, it's something about his lungs, he's getting a CT scan, we'll have the result in a couple of hours. And then this person spoke to me because he had more to say. And he said, but you know, six months or so ago, my wife was having a heart attack and she was in the ER and all the tests said she was having a heart attack and they took her for an angiogram. So he said, I called the Lama, my Lama, and the Lama said, well, listen, while you're sitting there during her angiogram, you rejoice in all the life-protecting seeds that she's ever done and send them to her in her angiogram. Well, she had six kids and multiple grandkids, so she had lots of life-protecting seeds to work with, which we need to add here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, whatever time it takes to do an angiogram, the angiogram doctor comes out and says, your wife had no heart attack. Well, what about all the tests? I don't care about all the tests. I'm the one looking at the heart. There's no damage. The blood vessels are clear. It's like he told me that story, and it's like light bulb. Right? That's what I need to be doing right now is thinking about all the ways that I've protected life. So I got to thinking about my seeds for protecting life. And then I realized, no, I need to be thinking about David's seeds for protecting life. And because I know him so well, right? I knew of his seeds for protecting life. Now, I also knew of his seeds for not protecting life. And those would pop up, and it's like, no, the yabbas, right? Mm -hmm. No, get out. We're dealing only with, you know, we've been vegetarian for 30 years. We've, you know, saved the little birds when they smash into the windows. We've, you know, fed the birds. We did, 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 all these ways that he's protected life. All the ways that he made life safe in the retreat, which, you know, for me was like, why are you doing all this? We're in retreat. Well, because he needed, he needed the seed, you know. So I'm just saying, you know, I'm so glad he did this. And I so specific things, this, 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 this. I'm sending him the seeds. I'm sending him the seeds. I'm sending him the seeds. Two hours goes by. The guy comes back. And he says, well, the CT result says that he has massive pulmonary embolisms, but they have him on the medicine, and he's alive. Right? They need to send him to into Tucson to the hospital. He'll be there for a few days, but he's alive. You know, And so it's like one part of my mind says, yeah, of course he's alive. He got to the ER. They got him on the medicine in time, and so he's alive. The other part of me says, no, my rejoicing stirred the seeds. Massive embolisms in his lungs? Massive embolisms in his lungs. Every doctor that saw him from then until when he was discharged eight days later said, how in the world are you alive, man? Every single one. And, you know, he said, 
because I've helped so many people. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, you know, you got on the meditation. So Looney bin. Can he do the same meditation? He was doing something similar, right? Not exactly the same as me, but he was doing something similar. You know, and it's like, to me, it was so clear that our rational, our old-fashioned mind says, no, no, this can't work. And my personal experience is that's what saved his life. But he's still in the hospital, you know, in Tucson, and the story is he'll have to be on a medicine the rest of his life that requires regular blood work and this really careful diet, and he has to be on blood thinners, where you, you have to eat the same amount of greens every single day or no greens at all. And it's just, it's a pain. And um, it wasn't going to be safe for him to be on blood thinner, that particular blood thinner, back in retreat. So once I learned all of this, it's like, well, now I need different seeds. Now I need seeds for him to be able to get back into retreat and to be safe in retreat. So I started working on those seeds, which he happened to also have, because he was the one who was instrumental in making sure that all the cabins were built to code, that all the cabins had running water, that... um, the previous year retreat, Geshe Michael's year retreat, was able to com- be completed because of something that David did with the county that kept him in retreat when they were going to be booted out. He put lightning rods on their yurts. And that, you know, all these different ways in which he, in fact, kept people in retreat and made them safe in retreat. So it's like, yay! Thank goodness he has those. You know, yeah. we need them now, please. So I spent probably two days working on those seeds. And then I get a note saying, he's seen the hematologist, and yes, he has to be on medicine the rest of his life, but there's a new one, doesn't require blood tests, and it doesn't matter what you eat. It happens to cost $10 a day. But what the heck, you know? He's safe in retreat, he can come back into retreat. And he's alive. And it's not likely to happen again. So it's like, again, I, in my medical professional yeah. career, I didn't even know there was such a medicine. Right. right? Not sure I had been out for a long time, but nonetheless, again, it's like, to me, with this reference... There would not right? have been the medicine if you had not worked those seeds. Yeah, you know, I truly, truly believe that. Now, I can't go stand on the street corner and say that to somebody. Without right? getting locked up somewhere. Right, you know, <laughs> but, but it's like, so I was saving this story for the end, but it came up, right? Um, as an example of how powerful this stuff is not because somebody told me but out of personal experience personal experience and so it's like I've got to share that with people because there are people who have those kind of good seeds who only need to know to call upon them and to strengthen them by intentionally doing this stuff that we're already doing anyway you know, we have those seeds in there so that we can get enlightened in this lifetime if that's your goal. But we also have them to help our own health be better so that we can have that energy and the stress-freeness and the contentedness and the joyfulness and the vigor and the, all those things that we said in order to be able to help other people with these things so that we can be stronger so that we can get wiser, so we can help more people with these things, so we can be stronger and we can get wiser, so we can more... Do you see how it goes? Mm -hmm. It just becomes so much a way of life and a way of life of all the people around us because our seeds will force that. 
that we we do have the power. It's not like eons of lifetimes from now that these things will ripen for you. I mean, you can let them wait till then if you want, but personally, I proved to myself and my husband the power of rejoicing, the power Intense, of being power happy, of intentional, intentional rejoicing. rejoicing. Yeah, it's it's like it's such a secret, you know and. Geshe Michael says all over the world, this rejoicing practice is the hardest practice anybody tries to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Tell them to sit on their cushion and don't move for six hours and they'll be able to do it. But tell them to rejoice for the goodness they did every night before they go to bed and they won't be able to do it. So we'll spend a whole day talking about it. Maitri karunam muditam upeksham Maitri karunam Thank you.